0: This pleases me.
1: Oh yeah, this pleases me. This smart home technology, technology. Alexa,
0: please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play Digger Digger. For porn detectors, porno reader, hot chick amateur. Oh No, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smart homes. Stupid people.
2: Smart homes. Smart homes. Stupid people.
0: Smart homes. Stupid people. Smart homes. Stupid people. Smart homes. Smart Home Stupid People Hello
2: and welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. Today's topic is... Sp- <laughs> no
1: I just <laughs> you just you just lost it
2: I just lost it. I was just a second before I was asking what is actually our topic today <laughs> smart reality I'm sorry that's how spontaneous
1: is... we are we just came up with this topic no 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 like no no, no. i
2: I knew it a little
1: earlier <laughs> actually I came up with it a couple hours ago then she walked in the door and then we just went <laughs> through it now now we're good right Smart reality
2: yeah that's right. our topic today and we have a little guideline for this uh one. So we are actually prepared.
1: <laughs> actually prepared. Actually
2: prepared. And yeah, hello to everyone out there. And um, we are live on...
1: We are live on Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Telegram, and an audio version only on Podbean. Podbean will also afterwards... aggregate. <laughs> take a few deep breaths before we start. Well, actually you... Aggregate. Hello, my name is (laughs) Eris Felmuth. And and Podbean is going to aggregate this podcast afterwards to all the major podcast platforms out there. Um, For those of you who are watching on Rockfin and Rumble, we are integrated into the chat only with Twitch and DLive, unfortunately, but... Please feel free to ask questions and uh, write comments during the live show, and we will get to them because I actually have in front of me. Look at this. I'll share my screen. I can't share my screen because I didn't start it. Look at that. That's how well prepared we are today. My goodness. I know it's coming. Um, (laughs) I can share my screen. and Let's see. Drum roll. That's not going to happen, is it? Uh, Here it comes. Oh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. There it is. I can share my screen, and you guys can see that I'm monitoring Mm. the chats. And so, therefore, I will see you if you write anything in Rumble or in Rockfin. There we go. That was a mouthful. So <laughs> today we're talking about smart reality. All mm-hmm. right. What is what does that mean? If, well, what do we mean by it? Yep. And I think it was. Uh, it, it's a nice kind of way of bringing up what this show was about. Mm-hmm. I spoke today to a friend of mine for a couple hours, good couple hours. He's a, you know, he's a, a work colleague. We've been working together for several years now, mm-hmm. and we just got into a, a really cool talk today, and um, it inspired me to to kind of really analyze what are we doing with this uh, with this show, and and what does it mean, mm-hmm. right? So Maddie and I now have it. Uh, in, uh, in our hands to kind of break things apart and to categorize it so that we can maybe structure it a little bit better for the listening world. Mm-hmm. This podcast, video cast, originally started as kind of an experiment and um, it has taken off since then. Sorry, I'm moving around a little bit because I have a cat behind me and I'm trying not to sit on her.
2: Well, at least you have the small one.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if I should just pack her over there. No, just let her. All right. <laughs> um, and so the main idea of our Videocast cast podcast smart home stupid people. I mean the the title it all it already kind of says it right there. It's mm. it's a bit tongue in cheek, right? Uh, it's it's it. We're not afraid to say something that's going to be a bit offensive, but still in our minds true, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the idea of smart homes, obviously. Um, I'm a I'm a smart home technician. I hate that word, and that's kind of why I put it into the title to remind me of uh, my follies, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, I'm a building automation senior technician, and Madeline is a Doctor Rienat in biology. <laughs> what is a Doctor Rienat?
2: Well, it's kind of you. You guys have the PhD in uh, the English-speaking world, which is like mm-hmm. the doctorate of philosophy. Yep. And in Germany, we have different doctorates. There is like a Doctor Philnat, which which would be like the, the philosophical. philosophical. Yeah. And the Rienat means that I have a like a doctor in natural science.
1: In reality, in reality, right? Yeah, I like that's that. A good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> and um, so that that got us thinking. Like to me, obviously, we started the podcast and we did a little bit more of ping pong with biology and um, building automation because we we're of the opinion that our fields aren't so easily separated anymore, mm-hmm. right? And uh, if you guys go back and listen to the episodes, you'll you'll see what we mean. Is that um, even even biologists most biologists now have a computer job right they're yeah, so yeah, they're absolutely. so detached from the real world to begin with yeah. that their entire job is technology right mm-hmm. and my job being a technician for building automation is in order to fit the needs that the the, the the to meet the needs of biology which mm-hmm. should be the people Inhabiting the building. Mm -hmm. And so you see that there are a lot of lines, you know, that that cross our tables that are very similar, such as in today's political arena, greenwashing. Greenwashing is, I think, the biggest thing that we both share on a daily basis Mm -hmm. with our jobs. You know, the amount of companies and people who want me to make their home efficient by putting a bunch of Chinese crap in there that they don't need is is actually quite amazing, mm. right? And the amount of companies that come to Maddie and say, hey, can we put your stamp of approval on our product? Boom. And, and you guys don't even know what their product is. And they're yeah. like, oh, and <laughs> they're like, we'll give you all this money. and And so sometimes you guys have to actually investigate who is giving you money and say no.
2: Yeah, and in many right? cases, like, yeah.
1: And it's the same for mm-hmm. us in the sense that there are customers that I just won't, start with because I know that they're trying to use us to get a tax break and they're trying to create a system that's not designed to work it's Mm -hmm. not 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 on not in our reality anyway yeah I
2: think you know you can pretty much uh, say um, the intentions if there are (laughs) truly you know about helping the environment and nature or is it more like using it as a as a kind of something something to show off but behind the scenes you're
1: still doing what you
2: were doing for the last decades
1: what what I think I didn't follow what you said on that last part
2: well I'm just saying like um that greenwashing what it basically means right. is that you know you maybe you want to involve as a business owner you want to involve yourself into something that looks like you would care
1: exactly but
2: but Behind the scenes, you are just doing what what you're always doing and yeah. trying to make as much profit as possible and not really caring about. That's right. We
1: went into this a little bit uh, last episode when we talked about um, biology hacking mm-hmm. and um, we went into detail about how communication works in nature and reality mm-hmm. and how um, big companies they spend and a lot of their efforts today are spent on their image. Mm-hmm. And that the entire concept of them spending their energy on their image has nothing to do with their product. It has to do with the way that we perceive them as a, a person, mm-hmm. even though they're not a person. They're, mm-hmm. they're a group that's designed to create a product for a profit. And this is where that thing is, is that you see the way that they do it, is they do it by hacking into the senses that we have established over millennia in order to uh, um, adapt to our environment. And so it's, it's actually a really interesting. I mean, there's so much to say about that, right? If any of you guys are out there involved in marketing, you you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to appeal to the senses in order to sell a product to give people a, a feeling of reassurance that when they buy this product, that it's going to come with a good feeling.
2: Well, yeah, that's, that's all it is. You know, I'm creating a, a specific feeling, something that you are looking for. That's why you're buying brands that you want to feel good about. You know yourself, and <laughs> right? depending on what's important to you,
1: exactly. Mm. And so, uh, you know, for us, this is something that we like to talk about. We 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 originally started talking about a lot of these topics just personally together to grow as people, mm-hmm. and then we just you know with my new company Initech, we decided to do this video cast. In order to really test the equipment, <laughs> I to, I to, Maddie already had her video cast going on, and I had my um, levels of absurdity video cast. Which, not abandoning, it's just it's definitely on pause because it's it's just a it's a time consuming video cast, and I didn't want to really get into it um, mm. right now with everything else that we have on the go. And so we decided to do smart home stupid people because of how comfortable it is for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we decided to just take the the conversations that we have every day at our coffee table, and. Put them out on uh, out into the world for you guys to see, mm-hmm. and 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 to interact <laughs> with the world, right? It's a funny way of doing it's like it, like kind of a soap
2: opera. It's a bit.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good analogy actually. And a real life show, I think. <laughs> right? And uh, we decided to make it live. There are no cuts. There's no editing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no time
2: for that. <laughs> exactly.
1: We decided that we're not going to spend more than uh, you know minimal, uh, but enough time to prepare the episodes yeah. in the sense that we're not going to kill ourselves with trying to produce this show. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, you know, we we sit down and maybe go over it for about a half an hour before the show starts. Mm -hmm. Make a couple notes, you know, points as to what it is we want to go over and discuss today.
2: It's also, I think, you know, it's not our goal to create a certain image of ourselves that we want to bring out there. It's really just like us talking about our experience and the way we see the world and... Yeah, whoever's interested in that, you know, kind of can jump in and discuss it with us.
1: <laughs> well, that was the idea, exactly. Yeah. And and um, that we wanted the show to breathe. We come on and we ta- start talking. We have maybe uh, half a dozen point form topics, hmm. notes that we'd like to just kind of touch upon. And the rest is really just a, a cool conversation that has its own life. And I find that every episode has its own life because of that, right? It's kind of like a jam session, so to say. <laughs> uh, we we say that in, as musicians, you know, go on stage and just have a jam session, right? Okay, yeah. Just okay. like you with the Irish music, the fesh, right?
2: No, the fesh is something else. No, what's the fesh? The fesh is uh, the the, the um, competition of, of Irish oh, dance. Oh,
1: what's the, what's the little circle? That's a session. That's an he Irish se- session. Just session. All right. Well, a music session. I learned something. <laughs> so that being said, um, smart homes, is more like obviously it has to do with my 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 profession mm-hmm. and my background with technology, but at the same time, um, as, as a um, as like a philosophical comparison to reality, smart homes is really kind of like um, a home is 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 just an environment, mm. right? And yeah. so we we metaphorically take smart homes and and project it onto. Other things, right? Um, whether it be the burrow of the rabbits, whether it be the yeah, like you know the rabbits yeah, yeah, moved into course. the city, the same. their life got really easy. Their burrows got smaller because they didn't have to care so much. Mm. Um, and and you see that often in nature. That nature changes because things become easy for the inhabitants, mm-hmm. right? And so, what is a home? Is a home where you're from? Is it the building in which you sleep? Right, where your heart is, <laughs> <laughs> where your heart is, <laughs> and, and all that. Right. So the idea now is we're getting more into that question of what is a home, and when we say smart home, and in this episode, smart reality. Right. Mm. Our reality is our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you want to call it a subjective or an objective reality, our reality is our home because some people, uh, some people, let's just say all people, we all have to actually make sense of our reality. Mm and there have been really great um theories put forth that we as humans see a lot more than our than we interpret mm-hmm. and uh, we know this by measuring um um brain waves and so on and so forth you know like uh, non-intrusively
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and we know that uh the way that the eyes are wired to the brain and to the pineal gland and so on and so forth that we actually get all the information but it's filtered before our brain actually hmm. um um calculates it.
2: Yeah, and it's also filtered depending on your experience, your personal experience. That's right. That's why some things you you know, if it's not existing to you because you never experienced it in your previous life, then you you can't see
1: it. Absolutely. And which is why it's funny that, you know, from a biological point of view, uh, a lot of biologists, I remember learning this uh, back in, in high school, they're telling us. The eyes are cl- so close to the brain so that um, there's less re- reaction time. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, then why is the visual cortex at the back of the head? Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting dilemma where you're thinking <laughs> the brain's built backwards. What's going on? Right? Yeah, that's
2: actually something, an episode I want to make about this um, kind of, you know, the, the, how you would say that in English the misconstructions of nature. <laughs> <laughs> right. So maybe, you know, um, after I, I have that episode in my podcast, we can bring that up here too. Well, I don't think it's a misconstruction. <laughs> no, me neither. I think it's a misunderstanding yeah, from yeah. an
1: anthropogenic point of view yeah, absolutely. of humans.
2: I think there is no such thing as a misconstruction right? in nature. It has all its, um, its, its intelligence and all its efficiency. But I think we as humans are sometimes not able to see Beyond what we can see so far, maybe some things don't make don't make sense mm-hmm. yet because we don't understand them.
1: Well, I've heard theories that um, are based on our reality. Our brain actively filters out things that aren't interesting to us. Uh, there's that classic uh, mm-hmm. gorilla basketball oh, yeah. <laughs> thing, right? If any of you guys haven't seen this, go online and just type in gorilla count the ball uh, uh, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And what it is is that um, you have two teams or about half a dozen people just dribbling a <laughs> basketball and you're told before the video, count how many times the ball gets dribbled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're paying attention to this ball being passed around and every time it hits the floor and all that stuff. And then at the end of the video, the the the, the moderator asks you now... If you guys said oh, whatever number, then you were correct, and people mm-hmm. are like patting themselves on the back and they were <laughs> able to count. And then it says, "Well, how many of you noticed the the gorilla that walked through the frame?" It's
2: like what? And then exactly. <laughs> and then you're like,
1: "What?" And so, and then you watch it again, and there's this guy in a big gorilla monkey costume yeah, I mean, thing walking through the frame, shaking his arms and yeah, trying to I mean, get your attention, but you don't see him. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea is is that um the brain, like the eyes, they see all of it. But only the, f- the the focused intention mm-hmm. is actually recorded as information.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, this is, is what funny, Madeline yeah.
1: was talking about last time with the way that data and communication occurs. Mm-hmm. Is that everything is data, mm-hmm. but only in that moment that you are deciphering specific data to become information does it have the possibility to become communication.
2: Yeah. And only from that you can you know draw your your, like, how you want to decide, you know? This is the only source you have for your information and and your decision-making.
1: Actively, it's true, but it's funny in the sense that you have what's called subliminal advertising. Mm -hmm. And subliminal advertising works on the theory that... Your eyes see everything. Your brain records everything into a part of the brain Mm -hmm. that's subconscious. Mm -hmm. But the conscious part of the recording of the brain is only what you're focused on. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Also, if you look into intuition, you know, this is like the part you you can see. But then there's also that part within you that can also realize everything around you and maybe even you know already feel like some energies that are kind of building up around you so that you can make decisions with information that you have not really in your in your mind yet or yep. they're not really conscious to you but yet you feel like you should you know you should decide um in a specific way although you can't really explain why and later on you see that this was the right decision because your whole system already knew, you know, calculated further information. <laughs> now you're moving her.
1: I have to. I just, I, 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 was, I was dying here. My back is starting to hurt because I was sitting on oh. the corner. Sorry, Fifi. You're going you're gonna to just relax over there now. Yeah, yeah, she's fine. Eh, she'll get used to it.
2: Um, <laughs> She just likes to be very close to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she likes being a part of the, the program. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so there, we can't see each other too well here no, through the true. tree. We got to fix that next time. Here. But yes. I, everything you said yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um let's 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 look at what we have in front of us today right mm-hmm. so again the idea of the smart home we're now projecting onto our reality mm-hmm. our smart reality and now this is the scary part and this is kind of the tweak the the you know the little sneaky thing in mm-hmm. the, in this episode that we're talking about just as we just mentioned that um smart reality like that we decipher our own reality mm-hmm. from reality. Mm-hmm. So if you were to watch that video, I'm going to pull up that video and show it in a minute. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we, we're talking about this. I should have, I should have pulled that up earlier. Um, this video with the with counting the basketball and the gorilla and all that stuff. Uh, it's um, it's one of these things where what is reality? Is the reality the gorilla is going through the frame, or the fact that you noticed him? Mm. It's both. Mm-hmm. Right. That I mean that's that's the whole idea of Schrödinger's cat. Mm-hmm. Right. It's both. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 until you realize the gorilla is walking through the frame for you in your conscious mind, it's not reality, it's mm-hmm. not information, but in your subconscious mind, it is, and maybe, it does influence the way that you see the world.
2: Maybe you can uh, explain uh, the Schrödinger's cat. Maybe not everyone knows about it.
1: Oh, Schrödinger's cat. Uh, every I say Schrödinger because in German, but Schrödinger's cat is the idea that if you put a cat in a box with a deadly poison uh, of some sort, um, and then you close the box. Mm-hmm. You have to, um, and then you ask yourself, is the cat dead or alive? You have to actually calculate both possibilities because you can't actually know. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea. It's this idea of of um, uh, probability, mm-hmm. right? So you have to calculate probability into equations in order to come closer to reality. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, the whole idea of Schrödinger's cat is actually used more in the concept of um, being able to say whether the electron is somewhere or it isn't, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. then we get into the double slit experiment. Is it is it a, is it a wave or is it a particle? I, mean, I didn't want to go into the whole physics chemistry thing no, too much, but just... the idea of the Schrödinger's cat is understanding probability, and it's the same thing for us that though we see something, mm. information is almost recorded twice: once into our conscious mind and one to our subconscious mm-hmm. mind. Our conscious mind affects the way that we can actually pull up information and logically spit it out. Mm. Our subconscious mind affects the way that we actually um, make perhaps decisions in the, in, mm-hmm. in the long run. So our bodies <laughs> actually, our, our our brain is actually recording the whole program, but we can only logically recall a piece of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. is
1: why I like Madeline was talking about intuition. This is why intuition is so important. Intuition stems. From mm-hmm. our subconsciousness and a connection to uh, what I could only now call is is a, is a larger smart reality.
0: Yeah, is absolutely. that there's this
1: huge reality out there and there's and it's it's teeming with intelligence,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, and 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 that we natively as as biological entities connect to it. Uh, there are so many ways of looking at that. I mean, I'm going to get in, into it more closer to the end as to why we're looking at it like that, right? Mm-hmm. But but now when we're talking about smart reality the question is um, what happens when our reality becomes manipulated yeah right so all of a sudden now our reality might be changed for us to make life easier to digest Mm. and that that's that whole thing like you know we used to say nimby not in my backyard that, that George NIMBY. Carlin said that <laughs> it's where I first heard it, but it's an old it's an old uh, saying like, uh, from uh, American English. Ah, it's okay. say nimby, not in my backyard. It's kind of like we want all the criminals off the streets. All right. Well, how about we build a um, a prison in your neighborhood? Not in my backyard. <laughs> it means that you don't you know, you want the bad stuff away um, and you want it dealt with. But you, just, you don't want it dealt with in front of you. Mm. You know, it's like everybody wants to eat. Right. Mm-hmm. But nobody mm-hmm. wants to really take in the reality of what's going on mm. before that food hits your table. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and instead, like the best solution would really be to maybe take control of your own nutrients and food source, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not externalize it into a, an ugly production. Yeah. 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 Right. And so now this is what the idea of smart reality is. is now we're not just talking about smart homes. Stupid people. Could it be that the more accommodating our environment is, the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves? What happens when that happens to our reality?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. When our reality is becoming more accommodated for us, that we don't even need to perceive problems. Yeah. We don't yeah. even need to perceive ugliness or murder or death or any of these horrible things. Right. We live in a world already where death is pretty much not spoken. Yeah. We live true. in Germany. Death is like. Taboo. Even within
2: your, you know, your own life, that whenever, but I mean, there's so many guidelines in society. Have you how you have to feel, how you would have to um, react? There's just like one story I remember. A friend of mine, she told me, she yeah was a young mother and she felt a lot of anger, and you know, she 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 also be- became aggressive towards her kids, and she was so ashamed of that that sh- she suppressed that behavior, but yet not accepting it as a part of herself in order to deal with it, right? The the more you reject these things, the the, the worse they get because mm-hmm. it's also something I think it also it always starts with accepting reality, accepting what is without judging it. That's
1: right. And uh, you know, the the idea of my other podcast, Levels of Absurdity, has to do exactly with that. It's that um much like Schrödinger's cat, we have to accept both possibilities Mm. that reality is both meaningful and completely absurd and meaningless. Yeah. And only then can we start to create a probability uh, based off of our own life experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so the levels of absurdity that I had created was the idea that there is kind of a foundation that we build our lives upon.
2: Yeah. Also, if you look into nature, you know, for me, it was always hard if you... Really see how much also aggress- aggression is there, right? To accept this as well as part of.
1: We're talking about human nature, or what are we talking about? In
2: general, in general.
1: Can you give me an example.
2: Well, predator-prey interactions, right? Mm-hmm. So this is also um, interaction with a lot of aggression and death. Ah, you mean obviously.
1: so you mean aggression in the in the sense of uh, of um, like violence and yeah. uh, territorialism.
2: For example, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it, we are territorial. We are aggressive. We are animals. And the idea that, you know, when you talk about the Holy Trinity, the mind, body, and the soul, mm-hmm. right? We are mind. We are body. We are soul. To ignore the fact that we are body, that we are animals, is, is ignoring a huge part of us. And I see this a lot in people who um, ignore that for a long, long time, right? Eventually, it comes out in one yeah, form yeah. or another, and it'll come out usually in forms of rage, yeah. Right. In uh, sorrow in a complete disconnect from reality. I, th- I, you know, this is my personal theory, and it's and it's my it's kind of like something that I've experienced by witnessing. Is I'm more of the opinion that mental diseases such as Parkinson's and dementia comes mm-hmm. from this inability throughout your entire life to want to accept reality. I, yeah. I, I can't say it a hundred percent. Like things yeah, like yeah. Parkinson's, obviously, it's 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 more of a, a disease. But um, there are so many different forms of dementia. Like I've seen this, you've seen this with a lot of the older, uh, let's just say, Eastern European grandmothers. Mm-hmm. They're nuts by the time they're seventy, and it's mm-hmm. not. And, and it's and it's funny. I've always wondered, like from what, hearing the horrible stories, it's just a life of trauma. Yeah, and them trying to paint a better picture.
2: Absolutely, yeah. They right? kind of you know forget about things that they can't process anymore, and creating their their personal reality, which looks insane for people that stand outside, but for them it might be you know like a a way to deal with these these experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Also something that I, over the last couple of years, also had to learn. Once you, you know, kind of go into these whole esoteric realms, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of people talking about light all the time. Light. There's always light. Yeah. <laughs> light work here, light work there. But yet, um it is important to look at also the shadow parts that, sh- and sh- with shadow, I mean that, you know, things within you that you don't want to have. You are not, mm-hmm yeah you reject because it's something you don't want you to be like you know for example jealousy greeding mm. or being greedy or having this anger and all that stuff and that for me it was a big big thing to realize that this is part of my you know of of me too and it's okay yep. to 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 incorporate that and because these emotions they want to tell you something as well and the more you kind of reject them the more you push them into darkness the the bigger they become and yet it's 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 part of you and it's something that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. So I really encourage to whenever you maybe, you know, realize that there is something going on within you that you don't like, accept it and try to give it space and explore right. it and, and really kind of handle it as a friend, you know, say, have a seat, tell me mm-hmm. what you want. <laughs> well, it's
1: it's uh, You know, to me, it, it it screams at those natural religions Mm. such as um um you know Norse religions Celtic uh, Vedic yeah who all say that we come from a void mm. like you know the nothingness mm-hmm. right and in, in, in Norse you have the Genungagap, for mm-hmm. example that everything comes from nothing i always found mm-hmm. that to be interesting that um in uh, in the judeo christian world it's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's more the case of some dude allowed it to happen. Yeah. And it's an interesting difference. I mean, it's fu- it's fundamentally philosophically different because I think that in um, natural religions, you build more of a relationship to, like you're saying, to the darkness. Mm-hmm. Because the darkness is where the life came from.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And a lot of Christian, hmm. uh, Judeo-Christian um, beliefs are kind of the opposite. It's like the darkness is really bad because mm-hmm. that's the absence of God. And like I said, is it the natural religion world? It, to me, I think shadows and, and all that, that's very soothing. The mm-hmm. idea, I think that the, the idea of light, like it, it to me, I think of, of contrast and brightness. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. It, nobody like, and, 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 a, and a good example I, I learned way back in the day in martial arts is that in it, light can disguise what is projecting it. Mm-hmm. Meaning if, I walk up with a flashlight mm-hmm. and point it at right in front of your eyes. You won't see me on the other side mm-hmm. if if uh, we're in a dark space. Yeah. And this is one of those, um, it's kind of an uncomfortable philosophical conversation. Because a lot of people come, you know, they 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 learn about that idea of higher energy, higher self, yeah, yeah, um, uh, go into the light, uh, that <laughs> whole thing.
2: Don't go to the light, right? And I've always
1: actually, it's it's a funny thing. I, I, I my my old band Narthex, we made an entire EP based on that concept alone. Mm-hmm. We have a song called Diver- Divergence that uh, it all it pretty much talks about the light in disguise, like mm-hmm. the light is disguising something, mm-hmm. and if you're quiet enough and you're Calm and peaceful enough and collected, you can acknowledge what's behind the light, what the source of the light is, and that the light source is what you're interested in, not so much the light itself. Mm. But, you know, there are so many different ways of looking at that. And this is why dualities are also very important to acknowledge. Is yeah, that,
2: absolutely. And I, I mean, you can see it in our everyday life, you know, you have the day and the night. It's not with the one can't right. be without the other. That's right. And so for me, it was always very natural to look at both things and mm-hmm. not favor the one over the other. Yeah.
1: So, In, in chemistry, you also have the, uh, you know, we mentioned this the other time uh, when we talked about uh, not just chemistry, an episode from a few uh, mm. I think last week. Um, and we we mentioned that in chemistry... We acknowledge that all of chemistry is zero point zero 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 one empty space.
0: Mm.
1: Right? I mean, sorry, in 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 uh, in space, like in, in in like a cubic meter of empty space, on average, chemistry, the physical molecules and atoms, the way that they're compacted mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, is is mostly empty, mm-hmm. and it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent empty. Oh, yeah. Meaning that all of chemistry and all of reality. Is is like way under a, a percent. Like mm-hmm. it's it's uh, what is that one one millionth of a percent or something mm-hmm. like that. And this is uh, it, it's 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 a hard thing to think of because when we judge light, light is to me a byproduct of chemistry,
0: mm.
1: right? And now we're talking about a little spectrum of that tiny percent. It's it's it it's uh, it's actually quite amazing, and that's why I think that to me. I have always loved the ideas of of uh, connecting to the void. Yeah. The 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 other 99% that we don't really understand yeah. and talk about. And yeah. to realize that when you sit down and and meditate or just collectively acknowledge yourself mm. in in an area to imagine that 99% of you is empty space. Yeah. Is, and is, really is, explore that, right? And to, really to explore feel that and look
2: into that uh, yeah. emptiness. <laughs> and to understand
1: that we are just energetic bonds. Yeah, at yeah. least on the theoretical level we don't yeah. like these theories are pretty good in the sense that we know that with these theories that we have the ability to do things like this this uh, this video cast mm-hmm. all this information and this video and this audio is being mm. compiled live by a massive amount of processing yeah, and yeah. being sent all over the world for you guys to see us and that's all done based on the same theories that tell us that we are 99% plus empty space mm. as physical bodies mm. right and it's and it's quite amazing to really start to think about that you know what does that mean so it's very easy to say that uh, the theories might be garbage but it's also very easy very difficult to say well based on those theories we have all this crazy technology mm. how do you explain that and yeah, it's yeah. you know there, there are some people who, who do go up against the main narrative and they they contradict it and i say Good for them, because Mm. only by contradicting the narratives and trying to um, put pressure on it can we expand the theories into something that covers a wider ground, Mm -hmm. right?
2: I just want to look onto the lists. Are we still on the path, or
1: we are still on the path? Uh, okay. we're, we're still, it we're like still Feels like we're good. kind
2: of doing some uh, extra rounds here. No, <laughs> no, well, I think we
1: we went into a cool direction today. Today is a Wednesday show, so we started at eight, and it's already we've been live for about forty minutes, meaning that we're gonna stop before the hours end today. We want to get a, We want to get some nice sleep, and <laughs> uh, tomorrow's you know, a big day. Didn't
2: that because I can feel my bladders? Uh,
1: you <laughs> want to go no to the way. toilet?
2: I don't know. I'm not so sure yet. That's oh. why I'm thinking. You well, know, you let me know ask?
1: when that starts to scream. <laughs>
2: <laughs> where are we at on the list so how um, much more to go <laughs> because now i can still concentrate but there is a point where the physical needs are demanding
1: would you like to go and take a little pee pee pause <laughs> yes, you can please. leave the microphone here <laughs> okay go for it i'll i'll i'll, okay. I'll, I'll carry the show right. for a few I'll, minutes i'll
2: leave my folks here and then all right
1: don't <laughs> make, make me come and get you oh. <laughs> look at that this is live broadcasting right here so the next thing that we're going to jump into uh the next topic we were going to jump into and i'll have to uh, i should have told her to take her headset so she could at least listen to the show while she's doing her thing um when we talk about time so now we talk about smart reality we're also talking about time what because for us as humans the way that we measure reality is with time it's with how time progresses it's with how much has been done how much has happened and for us in our society how much has been productively accomplished, right? And so now when we're talking about um, our time, well, let's take a look at the value of time, right? I see this in our company all the time. I see this in, in the way that we work, and I see this in the way that people make decisions, the way that we don't manage our projects the way that we used to, right? Our projects in the form of project management it's it's as if the way that we manage our projects has altered because the way that we value time has altered, and I see that because I see all of the um, technicians out there, their their cost of uh, their hourly rate for doing what it is that they do has way increased over the last ten years. One of the biggest arguments for that is the fact that um, stuff is being pub- is being produced so cheaply today. That the act- that we can't actually even guarantee our service based off of the technology that we install anymore, and for this reason, we had to compensate with our time. You know, back uh, fifteen years ago, when we would install multi-room amplifiers, or we would install, um, and I'm talking about from my my field, from my experience as a building automation senior technician, when we would install uh, what we would back then. I was doing a lot of Crestron. It doesn't say much to most of you, but it's it's a it's a. Um, company that builds products for building automation right and um we would get like 50% markup for us as as retailers on these products and these products unfortunately uh have become now heavily let's say externalized and you know made in asia made really cheap and now we'd be lucky to get a couple percent on the markup right and for that reason we've altered the way that we conduct business when it comes to installing and solving problem installing stuff and solving problems, right? Because most of what we do now is solution oriented. Same thing as Madeline with her, with her um NGO that she works for. A lot of what they're doing is solution oriented. And this idea of solution orientation now just screams what 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 is the bottom line? Right. If the bottom line isn't making something useful and and selling it to someone, now the bottom line has become more about finding a problem and becoming the person with the solution and selling the solution in order to enforce our bottom line. And this has changed dramatically over the last 10 years. Right. Um, my hourly rate is like 150 euros an hour here. It's crazy. Right? Like I would have never thought that back in 2013 hmm. because back in 2013 i would be able to sell my hours for 45 euros an hour and uh we would make a good markup on the equipment that we also sell but nowadays most people are just going out and buying stuff from amazon that we can't even guarantee works hmm. so therefore our entire company structure had to change and we had to just go on to more of an hourly system
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and and you know with inflation and all that stuff it's uh it's harder. And the fact that it's harder to find a parking spot, it's harder to drive through the city, all of these factors had to come into play in order to change the way that we do things. What's up?
2: I just thought there's a comment, but it was just... Uh, he
1: liked the show. I like the show. Where's Waldo? Hey, Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> he liked the show. Oh, okay. um, so that being said, Maddie, while you were up there on the, in, in that little room, um, I explained <laughs> a little bit about how our time has become more valuable. Like how we value time differently yep, than we yep, used yep, to. Yep. And the downside about this is now when you ask someone to build something with structure, hmm. they don't have time. <laughs> right? Because yeah. of the fact that our time has become more valuable, what we believe to be perhaps, I don't want to say useless, but it's like writing everything down properly mm. in, the, in, the, in the form of planning and documentation have gets it, thrown out the window. Way too quickly now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have a nice uh, <laughs> a nice anecdote for that. My Please. Zen meditation master, he always says that usually you sit for 25 minutes, you know, in the morning. That's why you just, that's the normal time. And he said, if you don't have time for that, then you sit 40 minutes. <laughs> the same idea that, you know, whenever you feel like I don't have time for this, you really should stop whatever you're doing. That's and more re- essential. Yeah. yeah, reconsidering what is um, the most essential thing to do because as you said you know like planning and thinking ahead will save you time at the end the same with the meditation if you think like oh i don't have time for this you know because i'm so busy well then you better should double up your meditation time because right? then you realize what is really important for you and then a lot of things will just you know will mm-hmm. fall under the table and i've experienced it so many times in my life
1: uh- I'm I'm about to do a big project update right now. Um, in a in a I don't know, I call it a skyscraper. It's only got like 14 floors, but it's got three wings. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like 13 floors, 14 floors, or whatever times three. It's a big building. Lots of t- lots of stuff to do in there. I'm doing a big project update, and it's funny because I got everybody else coming to me now for all, with with all these questions, and everybody's panicking about the answers. Mm-hmm. But for me, the answers it's just a matter of filtering the information that I've entered at the time of. Of of pro, of uh, planning and documentation in the project, and so for me it's it's uh, it's effortless, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of the, my point is that that extra um, effort that I put in, a lot of people complain about because they believe that the job could have been done faster and therefore mm. more efficiently, mm-hmm. and therefore it would have cost less money in the end. And people don't <laughs> like to spend 150 euros an hour on my on my um, hourly rate for doing what I do. And at the same time, it's just, you know, there's a reason why I'm the expert and they're not. It's because I yep. understand Absolutely. that this is what it takes and they can go to the competition. <laughs> <You> good?
2: <laughs> I don't know what it is sometimes. Maybe it's the plant. I don't know, It I'm might be. Kind
1: of... It's kind of dusty, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, poor little <laughs> ficus. Um, so... That's kind of the thing, and, and and I'm seeing that a lot in the society. But you know, the next real big question that I have, and this now goes back into our smart reality, right? Mm-hmm. Is um, why have we changed the way that we value time? You know, I wrote, what we wrote down here exactly mm-hmm. is why do we have so much to do?
2: Yeah, you can always just ask the other way around, right? Right.
1: <laughs> and and this is this is a bigger question. It's like, of course, that's my job. My job is to do the programming. To do the planning, to do the documentation. Yeah. Why would you assume it's not? And yet here we have to ask ourselves, why are we so occupied? Why do we have so much on our tables all the time? And I see this mm-hmm. more and more and more yeah, me too. with people. Yeah, you see it in every industry. It's not yeah, yeah, not yeah. exclusive to mine at all. No. And so the question is, why mm-hmm. do we have so much to do? What, what? Why do we enjoy these distractions in life so much?
2: Yeah, I think there are a couple um, good answers to that. <laughs> we kind of thought about this before the show, and yeah. I think a big thing is that many people learn when they're busy, when they are having a lot of stuff to do, that they are more important than if they just sit around and do nothing. <laughs> so it has something to do with yeah. your self-value. The more you produce, the more value you have. You know, So people... Some people just running after something their whole lives and never stop because they think once they have a project finished, they want to go to the next, to the next, to the next and not stopping in between to really take the time enjoying what you achieved and mm-hmm. also realizing, you know, it's not important mm-hmm. how much you achieve in your life. It is more yeah. about the process itself. Like, do you enjoy what you're doing? This is more what's about, but not looking for the outcome.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, I actually was really inspired by the German, um, I'd say, method of working when I first moved here, because um, as opposed to North America, where North Americans tend to be very Mm future-oriented, you know, we project a lot of what we want into the future, Mm -hmm. and then we run after it, and we're just constantly running like the horse chasing a carrot. And uh, what I found here is very different, is I found that Germans really... They, they, they accept this idea at a very young age that they're going to work full-time until they retire.
0: Mm.
1: And that's that's not kind of that's not normal. I, I think that a, <laughs> there's a lot of us back home in North America who have this grandiose view on reality that we're going to strike oil at any time. Mm. And then when we do, we can retire. Mm-hmm. Not the plan for retirement at 65. I think a lot of us look at retirement at 65, specifically when we're 20, as... So far away mm-hmm. that we just don't. And 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 you guys are different that way. I think that it has a lot to do with. Um, this is a completely different theory, but it has to do with the way that language affects um, the way people think. I mm-hmm. can go into that in a different show. I've gone into it a little bit in the past, but uh, the fact that even in the German language um, there isn't a separation between the present tense and the future tense, mm-hmm. not nearly as much as there is in English, and mm-hmm. uh, in the grammatic structure of the language. And uh, French, same thing. French is also a classic example of a language that has a huge separation between the present and the future in the language itself. Mm -hmm. And so for this reason, people look at the future fundamentally differently. And Germans actually in their language and much like in their life, they look at the future as... Um, an expansion of the present moment. Mm-hmm. So philosophically, I actually find that to be very beautiful in the German mm-hmm. and Germanic languages that it's it's all it's mostly like that, you know, mm-hmm. very similar in Scandinavian languages like Icelandic, um, that the future tense and the present tense are not really separated. It's more separated by intention, such as um, you know today, uh in german that what you would say that like if you talk about today's raining and tomorrow it will rain in english you have to mm-hmm. say tomorrow it will rain and in german you'd say today rain it tomorrow rain it and the only thing you change <laughs> yeah. in the sentence in order to make the <laughs> well, you know well, like the it. separation mm-hmm. between the present and the future is today and tomorrow mm-hmm. but the act of raining Mm -hmm, Is expanded Mm -hmm. from the present into the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's my point is that this is something I learned a long time ago about different languages, specifically Germanic languages. And English is traditionally a Germanic language, but we've taken on um, specifically in certain forms of the language, uh, a bit of the Latin grammar, Mm -hmm. you know, in the way that we alter things in order to, uh, you know, construct the future. So it's very fascinating. That's a that's a completely getting a little bit off topic here. But <laughs> the point is, is that when I first came here and started working in Germany, I was so fascinated that people were more relaxed at work back then. Hmm. You know, we're talking 12 years ago, were more relaxed at work because people built their life around this idea that they are going to work 40 hours a week.
0: Mm-hmm. And so they
1: want a job that they like. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they spend more time in school preparing themselves for it, yeah. and therefore they build their social structure very close to their work. You know, Traditionally, um, up until the last 12, like I said, 12 years ago, things were very different. A lot's changed here in Europe and in Germany over the last 12 years. Um, people lived not far from work. It's Mm -hmm. not like us in North America where we drive 45 minutes to and from work or more, Yeah, right? Actually, that's becoming more and more normal now in Germany. And it's a shame because they've taken the American model and they're projecting it onto the German cities. And it's just, again, that's another topic. It's a catastrophe. But 12 Mm -hmm. years ago in traditional German work culture was more that you lived close to your work Mm -hmm. and um, you enjoyed the people you work with and you built your life around being able to work mm-hmm. that way when it was time to shut off you could shut off and go to your life and unfortunately a lot of that's changed like I said is I think a lot of the Americanism has been now projected onto the German uh, mentality and it's not compatible with them yeah yeah and I think that like I said the idea of worrying about the future in the way that um you know the English-speaking world does is also different in Germany Germans worry about the present. That's why kind of politics have a very different flavor here in Germany is that Germans worry about the moment that we're in more the present. Mm -hmm. And um, the English-speaking world is always concentrated on the problems that will occur in the future. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's why Germans are really good at solving problems in the moment. And Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the English-speaking world is more – like specifically (laughs) when we talk about philosophy, we're really good about projecting um, – how can I best say – about dissecting perhaps – Future possibilities. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that we're better at that in in the English world. But you guys in the German speaking world are are fantastically talented when it comes to actually engineering something. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just the the language itself is built for building stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it's quite it's quite impressive that way. So now, why do we why do we do so much? This is the, the, the big the big Part of the question that we were, mm-hmm. you know, focused on a second ago, and we were talking about it earlier and thinking, okay, well, is it, it is it, a, is it because of, we're distracted, like mm-hmm. to distract ourselves from reality, mm-hmm. right? Is it is it something malevolent, such as uh, let's just let's just say a control system, mm. right? That's that's trying to keep us busy in order to control us, mm-hmm. because obviously, I would assume that a healthy, wealthy society would mean that maybe 90% of the people don't have to work. They can Mm. just enjoy life. But from a control point of view... No control structure wants to have ninety percent of the people running around aimlessly doing whatever they want. <laughs> They're very hard to predict. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and so
1: therefore it's much easier to put a phone in everyone's pocket and yeah. follow them around all day long and give them little tips and taps every time they want them to change their behavior. Mm. So now we you know, now we're starting to get into that idea of what we were touching upon earlier, mm-hmm. smart reality. What mm. happens when our reality, Gets changed and we're mm-hmm. not, or, or manipulated, and we're not even necessarily aware of it. Yeah. What do we subjectively now call our reality? And if our reality becomes too manipulated to make us believe that it's easier, do we lose the ability to actually live in reality? Mm-hmm. This is a scary idea, and I'd say yes. I'd say that if you have lived a life of delusion for so long, you are no longer able to mm-hmm. come back to reality. Yeah hard that's a very hard idea and it's a very hard thought it's kind of like i said earlier you know once you've once you're demented coming back is not not really in your cards yeah it's not really a possibility easily you know um i don't know I, i've heard stories of some people who have kind of gone psychotic and come back but they're never the same they're not they're not really hmm. who they were i, I you know like it's a, different, it's a difficult topic, but the the, the main question that I kind of wanted to focus on now is when our reality becomes so manipulated to the point that we believe that that reality is real and it's not, mm. can we come back to the real true reality mm. afterwards, All right? So the other one is we were talking about dependencies, mm-hmm. and, and this kind of goes into that is that when we are addicted mm-hmm. to something, to anything- mm-hmm um we 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 tend to go to these um what, what do you call it uh, uh escapes mm-hmm. in order to escape reality right mm-hmm. and now when reality itself is is manipulated and is up in question right it, it is kind of a drug in the sense that we don't want to look at perhaps True yep. reality, because it means that we would have to take responsibility. It means that we would have to do more work. Yeah, it means change
2: that, things, and um, yeah, that's right. It already starts with you know looking at your relationship, realizing that you're not happy there for years, mm. and kind self-reflection. Of self-reflection, yeah. realizing you maybe you know you 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 doing things that you can't really. Yeah. Um, how, you say that that you don't feel you should represent them anymore or yeah, just really realizing what's what, going on. What do you on. mean represent
1: them anymore? Um,
2: how do you say that? Like if you're in a job and you feel like the values are not the ones anymore that you are, that they are important right. to you. Right, they, so, they don't
1: meet your your perception yeah, so of reality kind of, properly. Yeah, so you kind of
2: sell your soul, you know to right. things and you are afraid of realizing that because that means you would have changed you, you, or you would need to change to find a new job or a new partner and these kind of things and yeah mm-hmm. so facing the truth
1: facing the truth <laughs> facing the music as we say
2: the music that's what we say <laughs> so face too. the music right all right
1: um, so let's wind down yeah. let's wrap things up yep yep, yep. Um, the big thing is you know a nice little point that you had here is uh, being afraid of not producing anything because we are uh, because we define our value mm-hmm. over how much stuff we get done in a day yeah, and that's kind of what we were just talking about as, as well. But, yeah. you know, um, to kind of like put it right onto topic there is 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 that it's it, a form of a distraction, mm-hmm. a form of self... Um... Cluttering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cluttering is a good one. Um, how would you say that? Like when you look at your job, when you look mm-hmm. at your daily work, when you look at the people in your life and the friends mm-hmm. in your life, how would you relate that to it? Hmm... Because I can tell you in my in my in my environment, um, I see it all over the place, right? I see it in, in musicians. I see it um, in the building automation. I see it with architects. I see it in the way that buildings are being built. Mm. They're ugly. They're they're so lifeless and flawed.
2: Yeah. Right? Well, I think that that's actually one big hint that someone is just you know doing stuff because because of the sake of it to be busy and and to feel productive, but kind of losing the passion for it and then things become sloppy and don't have a love to it anymore. So I think when you see someone who's really in passion with what he's doing you know kind of self-fulfilling and it's not so much about the outcome but more about the joy of doing it itself then you can yeah, the feel journey it in the path yeah because these people are passionate what they're doing they they go the extra rounds because they wanna you know mm-hmm. really wanna learn something on the way they're passionate about that mm. they're wanna um yeah they see details where others are not willing to you know yeah. to take the effort because it's just not so interesting to them and yeah. whenever I see that these people are usually also in other parts of their life very much in tune with themselves and I I don't think that they have these pro- these problems of
0: mm-hmm.
2: having to be busy all the time but yet it's more about tuning into the moment and realizing when it's time to stop and when it's time to start and maybe some last thoughts about this, there's a concept, I think it's from Buddhism, called Wu Wei. You heard about it?
1: No, what's w- it called?
2: Wu Wei. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: it,
2: it does mean that you are doing things without doing. So, like, they always compare it with, you know, the the, the farmer who has its fields and he goes out and puts the seed into the soil mm-hmm. and that's it. And then he's not doing anymore. Okay. So it is about intentional doing So you have to know when you have to become active and when not, when Mm -hmm. it's time to wait. And if he would become impatient and think, you know, I want to have things faster and I want to have more crops and he starts putting too much water or too much fertilizer and he destroys it at the end because he just is focused on the outcome but not trusting the process itself. And I also see that many times when people over-control projects when they've already done everything they could, but yep. they want to, you know, they can't let go and they feel like, I have to control mm. this, so I'm doing this and that. And while doing it, they just ruin it. Yeah. So.
1: It's a perfect segue into, I think, the final words for today. Yeah. In that, um, I think that reality has an intelligence behind it. Mm-hmm. I th- Like, that's what I feel. Yeah. Right? I feel that the universe has intelligence to it. And yeah. we were talking about this earlier in that... Um, you as a biologist what would you say is one of the most amazing things in biology like how how like what has kind of gripped you as a biologist to study and keep going and and actually what really um amazed you
0: hmm.
1: by you know in, in in the natural world to yeah. make you say this is something I'd like to focus on in my life
2: yeah i was just interested in how everything works specifically you know like all these chemical reactions, the behavior, how how an animal knows what to do, when to do. Mm-hmm. So I just looked at nature and I found it so interesting how this all works, and I wanted to figure it out as much as I could.
0: <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah. I, so it's funny. So Maddie studied biology. I studied chemistry, but I, I, I gave, I didn't want to go through with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maddie, Maddie went through with it to the bitter end. And I
2: was f- all, all the way. In- all I was the way. All in. <laughs> I, uh, I
1: decided to go into the into the uh, building automation world instead, yeah, yeah. and and music and uh, other things. And um, in chemistry, the more you learn about chemistry, uh, it, this is an interesting difference I think between chemists and biologists. Uh, when biologists learn more and more and more and more, mm. I find they 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 kind of develop a, a more close relationship to reality mm. you kind of have to unless you become one of those new age biologists who just sit in a laboratory and analyze things on the computer all day <laughs> <New age. laughs> yeah it's not honestly that's not biology yeah it's not right you, you can't study life through a computer screen i'm sorry it's just yeah, yeah, not yeah. it's not the way uh no. it's just it's you know that's a different job Well, i'm talking about biologists i'm talking about people who spe- actually specialist. study life yeah um and chemists We, like, not we, I mean, I'm not a chemist, but when I was doing chemistry, I think chemists, they spend so much time um, studying the theories of of, uh, probabilities and craziness. Mm -hmm. Like, the theories are fucking way out there in chemistry. Mm -hmm. We just know that they work, and so therefore they're good theories, and we just keep going with it. But Mm -hmm. the big question that any chemist or any physicist or any astronomer has. Or I wouldn't say question, it's more the impression they get Mm. after studying it for how many years. Because I've asked quite a few of them because I was interested in myself. uh, I I was interested in becoming Mm -hmm. like perhaps a physicist or or a chemist um, or astronomer myself when I was younger. And it's the same answer every time. They're all, after all the years they've studied, they're all still completely flabbergasted and amazed that anything works at all. (laughs) Meaning that that all of their time and mm. all of their knowledge and all of their research hasn't really helped them mm. one little bit to understand how it all works, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why it works, and, and and that it works. You know, like even the, yeah. the idea that you have like the stronghold and the weak hold, and if these numbers were off to just a little tiny bit, mm. the universe is completely different. Now, obviously, these numbers are built out of extrapolating Data from reality, so therefore Mm -hmm. they have to work. But the point is, is that when you really start to see the balance, it's uh, of of everything, and then you start to see the patterns in everything. You know, Mm -hmm. the the golden ratio, as they say, right. it's it's unreal. Yeah, I mean, right? it's the
2: same with, with me, you know, being a biologist um, and a behavioral biologist observing animals. You can detect that behavior, you can record it, you can analyze it, but you still don't know why this animal is behaving in that way. You can't look into it. You know, it's like a black box. You right. can cause assume, well, you know, it has the, the neurons and the nerve cells and they're all like firing and <laughs> yep. this and that. but. Specifically with the rabbits, the way they created their communication system with their, you know, toilets. is <laughs> It was so complex and so strategically that I thought like, how? What the hell? That, mm-hmm. that just blew me away. And uh, still to that day, I can't explain it other than, you know, there is a, an intelligence inheriting everything around us expressing itself constantly, and Mm -hmm. that's why we're here as well, expressing this intelligence through our behavior and through our life.
1: So I was watching, uh, we watched the movie um, Robin Hood Men in Tights the other day. and, and there's wanna, one part in there it's like no if you, I'm curious
2: how you kind of how you want to connect that to the rabbits in the I toilet. do is, is, <laughs> is, if you
1: ever want to know what because Madeline usually uses the word latrine when she's talking ah. about the rabbit toilets today she used <laughs> the word go. toilet that's why I have to kind of like put thought, this out like, there I thought
2: because I don't want to explain it again but you know toilet is obviously that, but
1: this is the funny thing is she said the word toilet and I could see that she used the word toilet because she didn't want to explain what a latrine is <laughs> and so now I'm going to put go on to this different tirade to explain it okay. and in the movie Robin Hood Men in Tights the old witch lady who lives. In the tower her name is latrine (laughs) and the 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 prince of rottingham (laughs) he 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 looks over at her and he's like your name is latrine that's a that's a very peculiar name she's like yeah our family changed it back in the eighth century and he's like you you changed your name to latrine and she's like <laughs> yeah it used to be shithouse right so <laughs> he loves that joke <laughs> i think you loved it you were you were peeing yourself when you saw that <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway um that's that that, that just happened um, oh my god to wrap this thing up today yeah right we're talking about reality we're talking about how incredible reality really is yeah. And and that with all of our theories and all of our knowledge, I think it's foolish to want to even try mm. to think that we're going to control it and want to. When we can just be a part of it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Right? And I think that and by… trust he, it as well, you know, just like the things… Well, it, it is an
1: interesting thing, this trust. You know, mm. I, uh, we can talk about that in, in further shows into great detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a very difficult thing for me to acknowledge because it has a lot to do with being able to acknowledge intuition. Mm. Intuition and trust are just like… You know, very close, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Um absolutely. And the idea that everything just works is is fen- is phenomenal in the sense that I find that just being a part of it actually, um, and being a part of reality in a positive way, mm. actually does influence reality. And so if you yeah. want to learn to control reality, just learn to become a part of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, as you just said, you know, like trust that everything works. Specifically, if the media tells you that things are not working, that you can't trust nature, that we have to control it, that it's not trustworthy yep. out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and and when you look at um um, you know, the last little point that we have here is is the idea of communication. Can't read it. I wrote I wrote down <laughs> that uh, uh, communication is is uh, one of the fundamental parts of how yeah. reality is actually special.
0: Yeah, is yeah. the fact
1: that you know you you look at um, the rabbits and 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 everything that they've done, and you you're so mar- you're so marvelled by what 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 mm. they've accomplished, and it's all based on communication. Now, when we talk about the media and how they were able to manipulate communication in mm-hmm. order to mm-hmm. grab hold of us in a, in a negative way,
2: well, communication is also the the basic principle I would say for evolution. You know, evolution kind of is, means in how life. De- develops itself. It's a constant feeding, you know, re-feeding, um mm. You said it like a constant answer, yeah. response c- question. So it's a cycle.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: it's like universe is, you know, an animal is trying something and see what's happening. And that's kind of also communication with the universe, with its environment. See what is the result, what is the response. If that's the response y- you want to have, then go. Or if it's not, then you do something else and i liked yep. i liked the that comparison i think you told me about this. this um that um physicist asim how's his name
1: oh nasim Harriman. nasim
2: Harriman. he he had that nice comparison with the mm. with the cube with that how's that, that cube thing? oh the rubik's cube the yeah. rubik's cube
1: yeah it's, so i i i'm I, i'm a bit of a rubik's cube geek uh, <laughs> i have a, a couple bits bit. like, yeah
2: it's, they're on the toilet everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. I figured to myself, you know, with all the minutes that we waste <laughs> doing little things, I, 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 I asked myself, you know, I bet you could learn a language just sitting on the toilet. <laughs> if you wake up every day and you spend 15 minutes there and you actually really spend 15 minutes learning a language, eventually you'd probably do that. But the question is, maybe you should be focusing on the job at hand. Right, but nevertheless, I have Rubik's cubes Keeping all over the toilets. Busy. To, not to keep myself busy, but uh, just I, I liked I like to wake up and uh, you know exercise my brain, and, and that's just one of the things. Anyway, the point is okay. that's a different story. Yep. Um, Nasim Haramein, he he had that that idea, and I don't I don't think he's the one who created this idea. I've, I heard it through him, but I've heard mm-hmm. it in other places as well. Oh, okay, is that um, you're only really a couple dozen rotations. Mm-hmm away from actually a perfect solve in mm-hmm. a Rubik's cube at any given time. Mm-hmm. The average human, I know this because, I can, because I'm can good with the cubes, the average human uh, takes, you know, maybe 60, 80, 90 rotations to create a perfect solve. I or, take
2: 200, probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe, <laughs> right? But the idea is, is that uh, once you understand it and you start to, mm. you know, understand the patterns and, and intuitively actually begin to start solving the cube, um, those rotations go down and down and the time it takes goes down and down.
2: But what he specifically what said... He
1: specifically yeah. said, exactly, is just to give a little painting picture here. Oh, obviously. Uh, okay. What he specifically said was um, if you were to randomly move, if you take a, a cube that's already out of order and you give it to a blind person and say, I want you to move um, one rotation at random mm-hmm. on the cube every 2nd Mm-hmm. And I'll let you know when you've solved it. The theoretical probability of him solving that cube is greater than the length of the universe itself. Hmm. And this is interesting to know in the sense that, okay, this little thing is only really ever t- a couple dozen moves away. Is a
2: four by four, huh? What are you talking
1: about? No, I'm talking about the three by three. Oh, okay. There's only a couple dozen moves away from a perfect solve, but yet- um, if you were to at random every second blindly move it, you won't solve it mm-hmm. in, in, in the length of the universe probably. And the what happens is if every time the blind person now moves one rotation on the, cubics, on the Rubik's cube mm-hmm. and there's someone beside him who knows, for example, perfectly, like let's just say he's a savant, <laughs> who knows perfectly that moving it, uh, it, in that one rotation, he w- he moved it was um, towards solving the problem or mm. away from solving the problem, and he just gave him that feedback, yes or no. Mm. That boolean feedback of knowing after every rotation that you're moving into a better direction or a worse direction. Yeah, it will allow you to solve the cube within 20 minutes. So yeah. we've gone from the length of the universe to solving something in 20 minutes. And this just example.
2: Because of feedback, huh?
1: Because of simple feedback.
2: Yeah, just because of yes or no.
1: And this example um, is very useful now in that argument of, is evolution trial and error? Hmm. Now, trial and error without feedback will never work. Yeah. And so yeah, now yeah, yeah. this comes to that idea of smart reality. Our, I'm, I'm talking about the reality in which we live in now. I know we kind of bastardized this word a little bit through the episode. <laughs> um, we talked about smart reality, you know, being perhaps something that someone can manipulate to affect our reality. But let's talk about reality mm-hmm. as something like the universe, mm-hmm. right? Because I think this is the, the, the next episode for next week is we're going to be talking about universal intelligence. It'll be flowing off of this episode. Okay. And um, smart reality now um having just a little bit of feedback from the universe mm. from reality allows us to i don't want to use the word evolve but to grow more into a direction that is perhaps conducive towards all of reality or to ourselves or mm-hmm. you know this is what our intuition is i think yeah yeah i think our t- intuition is tapping into a feedback inside of reality that while we are navigating through reality, we're getting these little feedbacks all the time, telling us yes, no, go this way, go that way. Yep. And if you pay attention to that, yep. Then perhaps you can solve something in twenty minutes that you wouldn't have been able to in fifteen billion years. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's that's really nice way to see it. And these signs are everywhere; you just need to read them. You know, they're not only yes or no; they're like very specific, very complex. I just also had that comparison in my in mind when you know, being children, we always played that. Game it's called Topfschlagen in German. where you have the I don't know you have a pot and then you have a spoon in your hand and the kids are you know the eyes or um, he, he gets a bandage over his eyes so he can't see mm-hmm. and they place the pot somewhere and under the pot there is like a little surprise like squeeze okay. or something and so the kid gets the spoon mm-hmm. and it has to it has to go onto the floor and kind of you know like doing this, um, kind of beating on the floor to find the pot. <laughs> and the other kid's like, this is hot, this is cold. So wherever he's going, so it's like, oh, yeah. you know, this is like, no, this is hot. Oh, okay, yeah, I have to go further this way. That's Otherwise funny. he could just like run all over the place and we'll never find.
1: <laughs> it's why. So the German the German style, it's like the German style of the pi- pinata system, right? So, so I like this. It just tells you a lot about culture. With the Mexicans, <laughs> they spin the kid around and make him dizzy and laugh at him, try to beat a bag that he can't find. And they don't tell him shit. And, oh, and, and, okay. No, but that. that's the funny part about the piñatas. The kid's oh. dizzy. just like running around, you know, some often what happens is like one of the other kids at the birthday gets hit by the person accidentally oh, yeah. because they didn't make the circle big enough. And then you get hit by a stick uh, <laughs> randomly and you also learn a lesson. Well, but see, in the have... German world, there's feedback and uh, <laughs> structure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but there's only one little sweetie you know so
1: yeah it's true when, when the pinata gets smashed open everybody everyone. goes to town but right?
2: there's like everyone has to turn you know Which mm-hmm. is funny I kind of also used a comparison for my field work when we went out for the rabbits doing the radio tracking every rabbit got the radio collar and it was like a sending information and then you have the antennae you go outside and you, mm-hmm. you lift up the antenna and you, you hear it like beeping. Whenever you're yeah. close to the rabbit, the beeps get la- What's louder. What's it called?
1: Radio tracking?
2: Um, telemetry?
1: Telemetry. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that was the same same thing. That's why I, I just came up with that idea of writing my book. Yeah. It was like playing, <laughs> you know, in my childhood oh, no. uh, kindergarten birthday parties. <laughs> Isn't that a
1: funny comparison?
2: <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. All right. Let's wrap things up. Uh, yeah, yeah. So to kind of, End things for today and pose a nice question that you guys can ponder upon until we see each other <laughs> this weekend on Sunday. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I'm ch- trying, oh, to, okay. trying to think of how I'm going to put this out in in, 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 in a nicely structured right. way. We just talked about the idea and the concept and the theory of perhaps the universe itself is intelligent. Mm-hmm. Reality yeah, yeah. is intelligent. Right? But... Maybe we're not intelligent enough
0: mm.
1: to realize the intelligence mm-hmm. of the universe. Yeah. Maybe that's our biggest problem, right? Yeah. yeah or yeah. We, we're not even not wise them, enough yeah. to realize what intelligence is. Mm. I think. And so, therefore, we build systems that we call smart <laughs> that are completely absent of the philosophies that reality and the universe are teaching us every mm-hmm. day. Mm hmm. And obviously, these systems are doomed to fail. Mm. And they're doomed to fail because they were never built within yeah. the, the the rules of nature yeah. for something to fly. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Right? So they are going to fall and they're going to crash. There we go. Yeah, I like that. And I think that uh, this will be a good topic for us on Sunday.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: All right, everybody out there, this has been a great episode of Smart Home Stupid People. Find us on Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Telegram, and an audio version on Podbean we'll be back sunday <laughs> at 6 p.m. Was there our time
2: thinking about no not this sunday
1: sunday is good sunday is good sunday is <laughs> <laughs> good we'll be back sunday <laughs> 6 p.m. our time that's noon eastern standard see you guys there bye have bye. yourselves a lovely week until then bye bye